this podcast is such a nourishing conversation with someone I have worked with professionally who has become someone I now continue to connect with personally and it feels so poignant to talk to her now as we're certainly in the UK coming out of lockdown after for me being single has felt like a very long winter and there's a real sense of fresh energy in the air so I'm thrilled to be talking to Andrea about relationships so keep listening if you are single keep listening if you're in a relationship and you want some insight on how you can make it even more healthy and stronger and vibrant and of course there's lots of juicy insight into how we can activate our magnetism hello and welcome to the magnetic woman podcast i'm pandora paloma life and business coach for women i'm an author speaker mum of one an all-round miracle and magnetism supporter it is my mission to create change to change how women think and feel see their power and use their feminine force to become magnetic I help women to live a life in alignment, elevate their mindset, expand their beliefs and live their vision in life and business. Now for me, magnetism is about being flexible, resilient, in tune with intuition and really harnessing the power of our mindset and beliefs with aligned action. It's learning to let life flow, not always striving and pushing, but also learning to be open to receiving in new and magical ways. This podcast is a sprinkle of magnetic energy from my corner of the world to yours. So welcome, welcome to the Magnetic Woman podcast. I have such a delightful guest today, Andrea Balboni. She's a sex, love and relationships coach, inspirational speaker for changemakers, And she really is dedicated her life to creating, helping people create really deep, passionate, nourishing and exciting long-term partnerships full of love, pleasure-filled, with lots of connected sex. Andrea, welcome. Thank you for having me, Pandora. It's great to be here. Such a pleasure. Now, we obviously have a, had a professional working relationship now it's more of a personal relationship. Um, So why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about your own story and I suppose the turning points that got you to where you are today in in both your your work and your relationships. Sure. So I was a um, in corporate before doing this new career. So, well, new-ish. I've been in it for for a few years now. And during that 20-year time in, um, I was in design, so it was a creative, it was creative as well. Um, During the span of those 20 years, for most of it, I was single. And my career year on year would grow and I would Um, It was very exciting. I would be uh, leading teams in various various industries as well. So I was in TV for a while. I was in fashion and luxury. And yeah, during that time, I would, my career would keep growing and I would feel more and more 
confident in it. And of course there were a lot of challenges. It's not that it didn't come with challenges, which is, which was good because I grew there too. I was always, always single and I couldn't quite crack it. I couldn't quite get, well, I couldn't get out of it at all. Try as I might. <laughs> so yeah, so I vowed that if I ever did manage to, to work it out and be in the kind of relationship that I wanted, which a friend reminded me was an exceptional rela relationship because after a number of years, I was like, I'll take anything, <laughs> anything that's, that's halfway decent. I'll just, it'll be fine. And she's like, no, you want an exceptional relationship. And I had a very clear idea as to what exceptional would be and didn't see that many examples of that around me. So uh, I had periods where I would just lose hope completely, wonder if what I was asking for or wanted was just impossible and then did some of the more kind of superficial work so I, I attempted anyway to read some books um, and didn't find them to be very helpful so I knew I had to go deeper I knew that I just had to do something I didn't quite know what until I discovered Tantra that was really one of the main turning points for me and I had started to do yoga a bit. And in my search for a yoga school near where I lived in London, when I moved, I stumbled upon a school where, where they did teach Tantra. And this concept of sacred sexuality really changed the game for me. It really opened me up to, to explore parts of myself that had been dormant, let's say, and probably on ice for, for many, many years. And, and really opened me up to myself and getting in to know myself in ways that I hadn't or hadn't in a very long time. And so that journey into sacred sexuality, into this, into yogic philosophy really changed the game for me. So that was one of the, one of the main turning points. And then, so I was in school in uh, studying Tantra for about three years, still in my corporate job, and also started to expand out from that world. So I studied Reiki and became a Reiki master and also did a yoga teacher training. So did that as well. Was starting to study doing some shamanic practice as well and just exploring different ways of, of being in the world and understanding the world and myself but couldn't really put a finger on what it would turn into or what it would be until I discovered, or it came into my inbox, a program that was the sex, love and relationships coach coaching program. So during those years, it was about three years, I was still single, but I was dating, started to date differently and really started to shift how I viewed relationships what I knew relationship to be, how I related to my body, how I related to myself as a woman, how I related to power as a woman, and what power could be as a woman fully in her, in her power and very much in her feminine energy or her yin state, I would say as well. So, and then also how that relates to the yang the masculine how those energies both live within me how they manifest in different ways and then how to relate to them in others as well 
So that really helped me to understand so much about what I needed to to really know deep within my my body, my heart, and understand on a conceptual level to be able to um, to finally understand and open myself to the kind of person that could meet me where I wanted to be met and how I wanted to be met. And so it was about that time that I met my current partner, uh, Naz. And from that, after having done so much work for, for quite a few years, by that point, it was smooth sailing into the relationship and it may has made and continues to make the relationship feel really easy. So it's never, um, it's not about it feeling or being perfect or there not being challenges or things to work through. It's just that when there are things to work through, the tools that I have allows us to navigate uh, the relationship with grace and ease most of the time, <laughs> most of the time. So yeah, so that's a bit of my my story. It's so lovely to hear people's journeys. You know, the curiosity that comes, I think, from choosing to explore a different way. You know, you have to be curious, don't you? It sort of starts there. And um, and I love how the sex and, you know, love relationship coach just like landed in your inbox, as it always does. You know, I believe that we're always being guided to the sort of next chapter for ourselves. And I love how you talk about sort of helping smart women find long-term love and create healthy relationships. And we discussed before kind of healthy doesn't necessarily sound sexy, but there's something about that real anchoring into the balance of what a healthy relationship is that allows for that longevity. So can you explain a little bit more about you know, what is a healthy relationship? Yeah, so it'll be it'll it'll the flavor of healthy will be different for everyone. Um, I still believe that there's quite a unique there's a unique impression for every person or a, a unique flavor of relationship that will that will be right for every person. So um, and now when I say oh healthy relationship, many many people will say ah yes with kind of this <laughs> this sigh of relief of yes that's what I want something that feels healthy and nourishing just because they've experienced the opposite so much in their lives. And so across the board with men and women both, what the desire is, is for a place and space that feels like home and safety and support and someone that has their back that feels familiar. And at the same time, they also want it to feel exciting and like adventure, and like growth, and learning, and also to be sparkly, so fiery. There's there to be passion. So this balance of safety and security, and then adventure and eros, is a bit, um, Esther Perel speaks to this a lot, it's a bit of a paradox in, in human relationship, especially intimate relationship, that wants uh, understanding and acknowledging so that we can we can be with it, we can work with it. So that's what I work with my clients on, with the people who come to me for support, is understanding, okay, yes, you do want this sense of safety and security, and also you want a growth relationship. So people who are drawn to my work are looking for growth relationships where they're going to expand and become something more than 
than what they are now in the sense that they'll know parts of themselves that they feel have yet to be tapped or explored. And they understand that the space that they can do that in is in, in relationship. So in relation to another. Some of the parts of us that haven't been explored yet can be kind of explored on your own. And then we kind of say things happen in relationship, in relation to others. So wounds will happen during childhood or things will get knocked, knocked out of kilter uh, because of relational, a um, relationship with other people. And so that healing, that change, that growth wants to then happen again in relationship. So relationship is a, a space. It's kind of like a special container for or space for uh, certain growth to happen and expansion to happen in so it's not to say, I always kind of say, I don't, I'm not a, someone who will say everyone must have a relationship. If someone decides to live their life single and that's what's right for them, that's fantastic. Again, that for them is healthy relationship. Maybe for that person, healthy relationship is having a healthy relationship with themselves, having a healthy relationship with the world. And for other people who want to be in uh, an intimate partnership, then healthy relationship will be finding a space and a place with another person where that growth can happen and they can be supported through, um, through that journey of inner exploration, inner understanding, like self-understanding and growth, and then doing that with another person and supporting them in their own journey of, um, of understanding and growth within themselves and then together creating some, a third thing. What is that third thing that wants creating, that relationship that wants creating, or the things that the two of you together create um, within the relationship? Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. It really does. And something I'd love to ask you, and I know it's something we've discussed before, is sort of like the baseline of, of a healthy relationship. Because I'm sure everybody can agree or has felt a relationship that perhaps didn't necessarily feel healthy, but they maybe stayed in it because of, you know, for, for, for whatever reason. And sometimes the ease that comes with a relationship, I know for myself personally, then makes me question like, oh, this, this feels a bit too easy, you know, and actually it's because my baseline has been that of, you know, a survival or intensity, which isn't necessarily healthy, but I was still very much attached to it. So can you explore with us a little bit about, I suppose, how we, how our baselines are created? I suppose it's really about the role models and how we grew up. And does that have something to do with our baselines? Yeah, absolutely. So you read about attachment theory, there's there's a lot that you can you can read to understand where our early understanding of relationship is formatted and starts and it is with our caretakers from when we're really little so those really early on relationships set your nervous system up for an understanding of what love means and so even if so there's healthy attachment and then there's attachment that maybe happens in a way that isn't necessarily something that you want to continue in your adult life but because it was set as a baseline from when you were really little, it can feel familiar. And therefore, to you, because it's familiar, feels safe, even though it may not be healthy. For example, 
in some cases with abuse, if someone's been, been abused when they were really young, then their understanding of what being loved is, is to have a certain type of attention, which may not necessarily be a healthy form of attention. What wants to happen if someone's baseline or, or you feel that your baseline may not have been a healthy one is to reset that baseline. And this is where your nervous system wants to learn a new wavelength of healthy. So your, your nervous system wants to reset, so to speak, to a new, a new flavor of healthy. So intensity can feel really good for some people's systems. If, if it shows up as being chased or chasing a person and then the person kind of retreating or you retreating, and that can feel like a normal dynamic that happens and you can get quite caught in that dynamic, but it's not necessarily one that you want to live the rest of your life out as. And, and so if you reset the baseline to not having to necessarily chase or be chased in a way that doesn't feel good, then initially it can feel like, this is kind of boring. Like, is this, where's the, where's the, where's the drama? So understanding, okay, is this something I want to stay with for a minute because it feels not as intense or dramatic as before? And I equate that with love somehow because of a childhood of, of drama, let's say. Then, all right, am I able to stay with this and to deepen in in a different way so that there's intensity in a different way? There's intensity actually by staying in a place that actually feels safe for once. And what might develop or grow in that in that different that different energetic space that different um, space for relating mm, that makes so much sense it's exactly the same as I work with with people when it comes to like being more visible in their business for example can't just chuck somebody into social media and be like do all the reels like that's how you're going to grow your Instagram it's like no because your baseline is saying that it's unsafe for you to be visible so we need to work on resetting the baseline yeah. in order for it to feel safe for you to be more like it's exactly mm-hmm. the same process isn't it I suppose in in any area of your life it's like what's my baseline is that baseline healthy and 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 making it so that the there's a level of safety and sustainability in what we're doing because in the world of um, in certain worlds people will push you towards for example, like you say, showing up on social before you're ready and your nervous system registers as it, as it being safe because you need to be out there. You need to be visible. You've got to be pushed beyond the, the edge. But if you're not doing it in a way that feels healthy and safe, you're going to crash and burn. And the same thing in, in love. So if all this, if you've had walls around your heart for years and years for good reason, because there's a part of you that's protecting your heart, then throwing those the gates wide open isn't going to feel safe or good and it's not recommended either so it's how do you type they call it titration how do you how do you drip by drip like little by little go towards that towards your edge and then come back to safety and then move towards your edge again and then come back towards safety that that is also some of this comes from um when you work with people with trauma, some of this come these techniques come from from that because you want to you want to gradually get the person used to uh, moving towards their edge and then coming back to safety. 
so that you can increase their capacity to be with intensity um, in a healthy way. I think we need to make the word healthy sexy again, you know? (laughs) There's something about just being there in the balance of healthy. So I I personally came to you, and I'm not going to go into the nuts and bolts of it all, but there was definitely a story I had around feeling like my business was always thriving, but that my relationship was not so much. And there was a lot more around that, but it's something that I know has been a story that I've had to work through over the years, that it's safe for me to have both a thriving business and relationship I think it for me either was an internal bartering of one or the other that having both wasn't available to me is this something you see a lot with with women who are ambitious and 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 I suppose what I'm looking at is if there's anything else, particularly women who are very interested in thriving in their business or career, what is the struggle when it comes to love? Mm. So some women will come to me with, like you say, the story of, okay, if I focus on my career, then that will grow. And the minute I take my eye off that ball to get distracted by a relationship, you'll even, you know, people will even use words like distracted by or pulled away from and, and start to focus on relationship, it's going to throw me all off balance. And I just, I need to focus on my career now. And so some of, sometimes women who have been single for most of their lives, and if you ask them at the beginning of a conversation, what's the most important thing for you this year, they'll say a relationship, a relationship. And then by the end of the conversation, they're, they're saying, yeah, but, but I'm about to go for this big promotion. And so I think I better focus on that and I'll call you in a couple months. And then (laughs) they just, they, 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 what happens is you just go back into your, into your patterning. So, um, and the belief that you can't, um, it can feel safer to stay in the space of career growth. So that's one thing that can happen. And time and again, when I've worked with clients in their um, personal lives in relationship and creating relationship women who have been single forever almost every single client will come to me and say and I just got a promotion and my client relationships have have shifted so working on relationship even if you're single I have seen over and over again helps and helps strengthen career building helps strengthen relationships at work helps strengthen and help helps women feel they have a voice at work they can stand up and speak and be seen and accept and receive it's just time and time again my experience has demonstrated that when you're working on the icky stuff outside of work in that realm of relationship it's so fundamental to becoming more whole and more powerful and more confident as a woman that it that it reflects on work. And yet, I know, and I'm not sure if you had the same kind of conditioning when you were growing up, but I would hear a lot of, you have to focus on your work, you've got to be an independent woman, you have to support yourself, and then worry about relationship. Because first of all, you've got to look out for yourself, you have to cover your bases, it's a fear based thing, right? You've got to be able to do that. And then, and then you can get distracted by boys. 
and then you can so we learn also at a young age that that we're either doing the taking care of ourselves and making sure we're going to be solid financially and as independent women and then okay then you can risk this thing called love which may just throw you totally off track and ruin your entire life and good luck with it so everyone's got a different kind of um like I say, I'm, I'm kind of curious because I don't know if we ever really, uh, you and I spoke about this with you, if you also had some of that, some of those uh, false, I would call them false beliefs because it's just, it's not a false belief. It's one thing to believe. So was that, a, I would call it a debilitating belief that was fed or, or learned, or could you have seen or could we have learned a different Okay, limiting belief, that would be um, an empowering belief, which is you can have both. Because oftentimes we'll say, I don't, I don't like to generalize too much because everyone is different. But in general, when we talk about men and their careers, what do they get as support? Part of the support traditionally has been a wife, which is a silent support. And instead, women carry this opposite belief, which is, we have to do it all ourselves. We have to be on the ball. We have to, and we've got to take care of someone else. Forget it. Assume that when we are in a relationship, we'll say with a husband, with a partner, that now that's going to be more support. We think, no, that's going to be taking away from my time at work. Whereas traditionally men have seen having a wife or having a partner as a support in doing more and being able to do more at work. Yeah. So that also may be at play as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it definitely does play into that. I think the way that I, you know, my mum had to work. She was a single mum of three kids until I was seven. So I mm -hmm. think my early observation was that of, like, you need to go out there and and make it work. Like, you know, that ambitious nature in me, I know. And I feel very proud of my mum and the way that she she just made it happen, you know, and she would work in the day and she would work in the evening. And, you know, I think at one point she had like three jobs and she did that from when I was six months old when my dad left to, you know, to age seven. Mm -hmm. But I think there was also a narrative around, you know, I remember my mum saying to me, just don't get pregnant. <laughs> like whatever, yeah. you just don't get pregnant, you know, don't fall around, like just, you know, study it and be, you know, just be self-sufficient and I think so you observe it and you hear it and it does it becomes a narrative and, and my natural is part of my DNA to be ambitious um mm -hmm. I love what I do and I think but that can can often it certainly took me into quite a wounded masculine place of I've got to hustle and I've got to look like I've got it all together and I'm so independent and that for me became a bit of a downfall because what I wanted a partner to bring to the table was a an element of support but there was no space for someone to come in and support me because I was so in my like I'm fine and independent you know I don't need you kind of energy and and um it's fascinating when you start to unpick it and the realization that with everything you know everything that I do and everything you do it's really about unpicking those stories and, and creating new ones. And it's a process. Um, it's what's happening. And like I was saying at the beginning of this part of our discussion, like it may not be that same story or narrative for everyone. And then it's hard to generalize because it is 
nuanced and things are changing and shifting. However, there is, there is this, this thing of like you with my, with my mom, because of her personal experience, it's just, they're looking out for us and they're doing, teaching us, okay, in order to survive in this tough world, you need to be independent and you can't rely on anyone because they didn't have necessarily that. Um, that's not what they learned in their life. They learned they had to do it on their own. Um, there is this sense of, okay, well, can we ask for help? Like, can we ask? Are we allowed to ask? Is asking okay? Is receiving okay? We're supposed to be independent. We're supposed to do it on our own. Meanwhile, we're human. Humans are hugely interdependent beings. In community, we flourish. Um, and yes, we also love our time alone and we need, we need space. However, we also are very much independent, independent beings. And so this idea that you have to be an independent woman and hold it all up and do everything and it's not okay to ask is a bit, um, it's unrealistic and it's also not very human. So, yeah. So learning how to ask and learning how to receive was a huge part. It sounds like for for the both of us and creating space for that and becoming comfortable with the vulnerability of stepping mm. back and asking, asking for what we want, asking for support, asking for help, asking and sharing things that feel, that feel scary and vulnerable because, because we're human. We're not invincible. We're not, you know, we are, we're powerful. Mm. Yes, but we're also human, which makes us relatable and yeah. And connects us. Can you explain this sort of concept of masculine feminine, divine masculine feminine, wounded masculine and feminine, and, and how you see that most often show up in relationships? Yeah. So the masculine, which is also considered, or also can be thought of as yang energy, then it's kind of easy for us to relate to it sometimes in this, and with the word masculine and yang energy, it's the energy of focus, of drive, of um, ambition, of doing. And that energy is vital. <laughs> we need it for sure. And when it goes into shadow is when, um, when we go into overdrive, when we become hyper-competitive, when we fight for things and, um, and we overdo that's when it goes into shadow. The divine masculine is able to have focus, which also, there's also a huge um, pillar within that, which is purpose, a deep sense of purpose, direction. Uh, all of that is very healthy and, um, and guides. It can be a guiding kind of energy. And that shows up for women a lot at work and leadership positions when we're asked to manage teams, when we're asked to, to drive things forward, when it goes, when we go into execution mode on stuff, um, then that energy is really wanted and needed when we need to focus and get things done. Um, and it's, it's beautiful, beautiful energy to tap into. And then there's yin energy. So the, the divine feminine, feminine which is flow, which follows, which is creative, which is life-giving, 
when it goes into shadow, let's say, this kind of helps to, to, to illustrate, it becomes chaotic, uh, irrational. It can become demanding, over-demanding. Mm -hmm. And that's when it when that energy can kind of go into, into and it can also feel very lost or dispersed when, when it goes into shadow. So when the, the feminine also is soft and receiving, it can do that when it can do that best. So the feminine can do that when there's a strong masculine energy to balance it out, which is purpose and direction and kind of like a pillar of light. So if you think about a pillar of light and then there's often this idea of um, dancing around, dancing around the pillar of light. Without the pillar, the dance becomes lost and chaotic and wild. And without the purpose, then the the feminine becomes a bit purposeless even in of itself. So when we're at work in the, and in the divine feminine, it's creative. It can be um, inspirational. It's those early phases of kind of blue sky thinking where anything's possible. It's expansive and it's open and it's it's soft. So the balance within a person of direction and purpose, and then with a level of uh, softness, which can also be, you can also think of empathy as, as this as well. So being able to step back and observe and follow and follow the flow is, it's a balance, it's a dance within us. And then in a relationship, understanding when do you want to be in your masculine in a relationship or when do you want to be in your feminine when do you want to be in in flow and follow and when do you want to be in um in lead and and guide and when you're clear on okay now i'm going to receive i'm going to allow i'm going to sit back and relax the other person knows that they can be in um in the guide mode they can they can do direction when both of you are in going for direction, then you can come up with um, butt heads and argue and be like, I'm leading, no, I'm leading, no, I'm leading, no. I'm. And then when both of you are too much in, in the relax and receive, then there's no direction and it kind of dies and the energy dies. So there is this game of, they, they would say in, in certain traditions, polarity with a masculine and feminine poles. And you can choose whether you want to be in your masculine or in your feminine. And um, when the other person that you're with wants to be in their masculine and feminine, and you can play in those spaces. Mm, it's such a lovely way of seeing it. Like you sort of get to play the game, you know, and it gets to be a really beautiful balance of, of that, you know, what each other are bringing to the table. And I think the awareness of it and, and the kind of allowance that you get to almost experience Explore it, you know. Mm -hmm. There's such a huge emphasis, obviously. I mean, <laughs> I say this, I work in self development and for women, but there's such a huge emphasis on kind of female empowerment. And I believe that, you know, women aren't becoming empowered. We've always been very powerful. It's just we, we're now seeing an opportunity to, to use it. Um, but there is an emphasis on female empowerment and self improvement. And I'm interested where you think that this leaves men and in terms of the journeys that they need to be traveling on internally in order to cohabit with the women making such changes. And I'm talking about that in terms of, um, you know, a, a male female relationship 
and, and and I suppose really outside of the relationship all working or you know all relationships like even in the workplace you know where does it leave men I think there's just so much emphasis on women and empowerment and I'm often like okay but what are we teaching the guys about how to interact with this woman who is now you know owning her power (laughs) so there's been a bit of confusion for many men recently where uh, with women rising so powerfully and with men recognizing that the power wielded by men in the past hasn't always been healthy Um, It's been coercive. It's been aggressive rather than cooperative or, um, or creative that they're left with very few models of healthy power. So some would say Obama was a great example of how a man can be both powerful and focused and driven and, um, and full of purpose, and also empathetic, and also showing emotion, and also creating space for his partner to show up on the same um, level as he is. The the relationship that they had was a great example. So again, they also got support. So, So the Obamas have been to therapy, they've been in therapy, because with two, with a dual career relationship, like couple, a couple where both people's career is pretty important to them, how do you manage that? And how do you create space for the one or the other? And so one, getting, getting support is really important. Two, understanding that if you're a man and you do feel a bit lost or not unsure, it's because there aren't that many role models. So there is a bit of pioneering what that wants to happen Um, for men and with men on how do we lead how do we embody our power and and healthily in a a healthy way express it and be in it um, and share and share that space with women likewise for women okay yes we're stepping into our power and how do we also create space and allow for the men in our lives to to be in their power as well so that we can co-create, so that we can collaborate, so that we can create a third thing that's beyond either of us, um, because we are we are both in our power, we're both empowered, and we're creating something new together. And I think part of the key is in that, okay, at what point in the dynamic are you in, uh, in the yin or the yang energy, in the masculine energy or in the feminine energy? And who is in what space at what point? Understanding that they're both as important, and how are we going to how are we going to navigate this? How are we going to move through things? In the work that I do with men, because they're so um, many men are very confused as to how they can step into their power, how they can stay in their power and express that in a healthy way. That is a lot of the work that I do with them to to bring them back into their bodies to bring them back into their own, uh, that core of strength, their their purpose on the planet, um, and really ground into that and stay connected to their hearts. So how can they stay connected to their heart, stay connected to, to their power, their sexual power, and also uh, the clarity of vision that they have for their purpose? How can they have clarity of vision, so mind, Uh, be in connection with their heart and their emotions and also really feel the full range of their energy, sexual energy, their creative life force energy, their own internal power. How can they be online with all 
parts of them and show up in a way that is balanced, that is healthy. Um, where do the sh- where does the shadow show up, and and why is it showing up? Because men have had a lot of conditioning too that hasn't been helpful or healthy. So it's a process of becoming aware of what went on in the past, cleaning and clearing what wants cleaning and clearing, defining what you want to happen instead, and feeling into your body on a physical level. How is that going to feel when I have it? And then stepping in and moving towards um, that new reality. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I think for me, it feels like it really comes down to that awareness. Um, A real commitment to yourself as much as the partnership together. And and a, a real sense of ownership. You know, it's very easy, I think, in any relationship, whether it's a working relationship or, um, you know, partner, a relationship with a partner to not take ownership of where you're at and what you're bringing to the table and, you know, some of your, your wounds. And, um, for me just feels like we create better relationships when we're both taking ownership, ownership of our purpose, making sure that we're living it. Are we in line with our values you know, and really, you mentioned like feeling into the body. It's something that we forget. It's so easy to forget that the body holds so much information, you know. So I would love to know maybe just three quick ways that we could create better relationships. Mm. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Some people will call it self-regulation. Other times we call it self-parenting or uh, adulting for ourselves. So understanding what's going on in us when we're in a situation where we get where we get triggered or knocked out or knocked back. Okay, what just happened within us? Um, what emotions are we experiencing? What part of us needs some some care and attention and self-regulating so self-soothing is huge if you're able to give yourself a bit of what you need and bring yourself to a a place where you can then make a request or uh, respond to the other person in a way where they're able to receive what you have to share and getting super crystal clear on what it is you want so for me what I wanted was an exceptional relationship and what exceptional looked like for me would be different from maybe what it would look like for you or for anyone else. So understanding for you what, if you could have this guy, (laughs) if you could have this guy, um, what would that look like? What would it feel like? What would it be like? What would you create together? How is it going to feel in your body? What's your, what emotions will you experience? What, um, What's your day-to-day life, your minute-by-minute life going to be like? Uh, And this doesn't mean to obsess over details. It just means to get really super crystal clear on how it's going to feel when you're in it. So setting, it's kind of setting the baseline within your body, within your nervous system, within your heart, and then also your mind on what it is that you really, truly want so that you can recognize it when it shows up. And the third I would always say is support. So you can get support from community. You can get support from spaces where people speak openly about 
about relationships, about sexuality. There's so many communities now. And if you want focused help to get to get coaching or therapy, like we're not here to do this thing called life alone. We're not here as humans on the planet, numbering billions to do this thing on our own. So so having that support really is a game changer. Yeah, it's so true. I think we often forget the ways in which we need support. And when we do, it's that shift into allowing ourselves to receive you know and when we ask for support and when we give ourselves mm. permission to choose support for me it always opens up so much more of an opportunity to receive in many ways because the natural ebb and flow of giving and receiving gets to be experienced so thank you yeah it's a really nice way to to end you know like it's safe for us to all ask for support you know Last but not least, what does being a magnetic woman mean to you? Being in, oh, in this, this feels to me to be um, continue. It's for me any anyway personally a continual process of allowing what wants to come forward in me to to come forward and to be, and to trust that the people um, and opportunities and basically life will be drawn to me the more that I do that. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing such a gentle but profound wisdom. (laughs) You know, I just love the way you put things into words and the concepts that you use that actually get to be very simple I mean you know the execution of them can be a challenge I know I've been on the on the receiving end of it of working through them but it really is about that ownership and the awareness and and that opportunity for support where can people find you they can find me I'm on Insta and on my website lushcoaching.com um, those are the best places sign up for my for my newsletter and you'll hear from me um, monthly which is always great and uh, yeah connect with me and I do workshops pretty regularly I love to have people there so and I would love to hear from anyone who, who wants to share thoughts and yeah just say hi beautiful thank you so much my pleasure thank you thank you for having me thank you for joining me if you enjoyed this episode please do rate and review please share with your friends every little helps i am very grateful for having you here thank you so much for listening